Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. Today, we are continuing in our Can You Relate series. Every day, we relate to others in various ways and on various levels, and the Bible has a lot to say about our interactions. So over these next several weeks, our goal is to celebrate the work that God is doing in and through relationships. We'll cover obvious topics like marriage, friendship, and parenting, but we'll also hear stories about singleness, co-working, and how to relate to those of different generations. It's our hope that as you listen to stories of how God is at work in others, that you'll see glimpses of yourself in those stories and that you too will be encouraged to love God by loving those he's placed around you. Today, we're continuing our conversation about marriage with Rick and Kim Grunden. We know that all relationships go through seasons and marriage is no exception. You'll notice that each of the marriage stories we've told have intentionally come from couples in different seasons. We hope that this encourages you in whatever season you may find yourself in. Rick and Kim are teachers in our Marriage Builders Adult Bible Fellowship, and they have been attending Calvary with their six children for the last six years. Today, they're telling their story of God's faithfulness in their marriage and how He has worked in their lives amidst unexpected challenges and even unmet expectations. It's a privilege to share this conversation with Rick and Kim Grunden. Rick and Kim, I'm so glad that you guys are both here and that you were willing to take some time out of your busy summer schedule to talk a little bit about your marriage story with us. Would you just take a moment to introduce yourselves and maybe tell us a little bit about where you're involved at Calvary, how you spend your time, about your kids and your family? Sure. Sounds good. So I'm Rick and And I'm Kim. But we actually go by Rickham. So you just smash them together because when we got married, we're one now. So yeah. yeah. Although we've been married almost 19 years mm. and we've been Rickham for the first 19. So for the next, what, 20, I get Rickham or something. I think so. Yeah. I think Emphasis that's what added. We agreed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So we teach in marriage builders and we've done that for, I don't know, a couple of years now. And then we attend his hands. Okay. And I teach second grade. I just started that this year. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. I think I had to dress up as different characters like for the the first 10 times I was there or something. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not my strong suit, but it's been really fun. It Um, was very memorable, I'm sure, for the students. You'll have to share just that quick. So... I was supposed to dress up as John the Baptist, but I forgot to re- like request uh, the costume in time. So for Halloween, we are all different characters of the Princess Bride, and I was the rodent of unusual size, basically a large rat. So I wore that <laughs> to teach the second graders. Oh, and I was like, gosh. this is kind of like camel hair, right? And they're like, no, <laughs> it's not. You have a tail. <laughs> I was like, well, I tucked it in. <laughs> I appreciate the creativity, though. I really do. Thank you. I actually like got to teach the last lesson of the year, and I wore it again. I was like, this is probably just for the leaders, but you got to bring it back. Yes. Know? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> 
And how long have you been at Calvary? Six years. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I had come to study and share for a number of years before that. We had, um, yeah, we and our kids had been at preschool for a long time. Um, We had commuted from Harrisburg. And then when we moved into the area, we were looking for a church home. And this has been great. Yeah. Been a great fit. Yeah. And we have six kids. Yes. So our oldest, Ella, is almost well this summer. And then Corbin is 10 and Hosea is eight. And Anna, and is, Anna six. is six. Yep, I'm trying to remember everyone there. And that's when we moved here when Anna was a baby, or came here when Anna was a baby. Yeah. And then Malachi is almost four, and Mariah is three and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite the crew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So they're all involved in Calvary Kids? They are, okay. yeah. So our oldest is in Calvary 56. And oh, our next one, I think, starts that. I just realized <laughs> coming up. That'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. And she, the, our oldest, loves it. So they're all involved and, and love it. And I think I'm, I used to be involved in studying and sharing. I think I said that I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that again and bring someone, bringing some of the older kids to to do some Wednesday night stuff. So we haven't been able to do too much of that because of the age of our kids, but we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And something special about our kids or our families, everyone's adopted. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The kids love telling everybody that. And so, yeah, we we always say, you know, even Rick and I, well, we're adopted by Jesus. Our kids just get to be special and we hope they get to be adopted twice. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So right off the bat, my first question is, what made you decide to adopt? Well, so it's interesting. On our very first date, we both showed up and said, you have to be willing to adopt or I won't date you. Wow. Which I don't, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just honestly, God was really good and he prepared that because none of us, we didn't come from a family with a lot of adopted kids or anything. We just always wanted to do that. It was always on our heart. But I think we thought everybody felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, as we've learned over the time, like not everyone's called to it. Yeah. So the the great thing is we, you know, we get to counsel with a lot of couples who are considering adoption and oftentimes they haven't really considered it as an option. They're just con- starting to consider it. Whereas we always wanted to, to adopt. That was always an option for us. But we didn't know very much about it. But then we discovered we have some pretty significant infertility issues um, that were a surprise to us. And so it was actually just a perfect transition for our family. So we prayed for a family for seven years, and then we adopted six kids in seven years. So it was like I felt like God opened the floodgates, and we're very, very thankful for that. Yeah, Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He does. He's a good one. For sure. And were they all babies when you adopted them? Mm-hmm. They were. Okay. Yeah, we've done a bunch of different kinds of adoption, privately, foster care, agencies, different states adoption. So, yeah, we've learned a lot. I bet. <laughs> and had some failed adoptions in there, too. Okay. So some, you know, kind of adventures that were not happy homecomings. But mm. Yeah, we tell our kids that, you know, when God was creating the world, he was also designing our family. And he knew when they were going to come and who they were. And we, we trust him that. You know, if there are Grundons out there, we will go and find them and he'll bring them to us. <laughs> so, Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> well, before we get into a little bit more of your family and your dynamics of your marriage and all of that, let's kind of go back to the beginning. Can you talk about how you met? Yes. So we were <laughs> both students at Penn State and both involved in Campus Crusader crew, as it now is. Yeah. Basically, I mean, the short version is she sat down and I happened to sit next to her at a conference we were at and she said, 
you know, how are you doing? And I proceeded to tell her all the things I was thinking and doing at this conference. And she was like, oh, I just meant, are you like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was expecting like a fine or, you know, good. And he's like, well, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I'm trying to figure out if we can be friends. And I was like, what? But then I, I you know, I was like, no, you can't. So I guess I, I, <laughs> I guess I kind of walked into it as well. So uh, that's how we first kind of met. And then, you know, from there, just kind of realized we had similar interests. We were both leaders and crew at the time and, you know, just got to know each other through that. And I guess started dating in a few months and then got engaged the next year and married the year after that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, he's leaving out. Like, so. <laughs> like, I, was, I didn't know how fast to go. Uh, yeah, know, that is definitely the short version of it. But I, you know, when I get this email from him, like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And I only, you know. I love you, but I only barely remember who he was. I was like, what? Uh, who is this guy? So, and so he is like, well, yeah, do you want to go to dinner? And I think he said, well, we'll meet at the dining commons. And so you're like, okay, okay. like, is this a date? And so then, you know, I don't know, you swipe your little card right. to go to the dining commons. Like, I think I swiped myself in. Did. Yeah. I did. I swiped myself mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And I was like, is this a date? Like, I don't really know what this is. It's just us hanging out. <laughs> And then, um, and then, you know, he proceeded to ask me these like in intensely personal questions, like, you know, what would make you walk away from Jesus? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. We're just like in the dining <laughs> office. Like I just swiped myself in. Question, I, like, I mean, it's not a bad question, but it was like our first meeting. So he, he doesn't think that was our first date, but I'm like, that was our first date. You well, got super, I've given it super that. personal. <laughs> I'm calling it a date. <laughs> I was going to say, what would you say was the first date? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I'd say, I think looking back, it was, okay. uh, we were, I was just kind of seeing interest you know or is this someone i'd be willing to date i guess and so yeah. but then going back it's like eh, i guess that's fine yeah. yeah well we had neither of us had really had a christian relationship before that either so we both came into college as believers but we weren't walking with god we didn't mm. we, we would never have been discipled we didn't really understand a lot about our faith so yeah so we were we you know most of our lives did not reflect a relationship with the lord so we didn't really know what it would look like to date as Christians. <laughs> and so uh, that was part of it too. So we didn't know each other very well, but we were interested in each other. And I think before we had been walking with God, we would have said, well, you date. That's what you do, right? Yeah. Whereas we really wanted to... We had to redefine dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what Rick loves to say. So actually, so after we had the, you know, I don't know, initial semi-date that we had Rick actually called my dad and left a message on his answer machine like hey Mr. Ryan King like I'd, I'd like to ask you a question would you call me back it's about your daughter and he was like who is this guy is he proposing like I've never even heard of him before <laughs> <laughs> but it was really great he is actually asking permission to date me so we were friends for a while just got to know each other and then started officially dating yeah, like a, the next fall or something like that. Well, we went on, yeah, we went on mission trips that summer. So it was the spring is when we met. Then that summer I went to Venezuela. Kim went to uh, New Hampshire. Okay. Like crew summer projects. And then, but we had committed to not talk during that time just to really focus on, you know, what God was using us for and doing with us and in us. And, uh, it's and then also we came back. not very uh, practical yeah. because we were, were old and like, you know, email was kind of hard to, hard to come by. Yeah, things. we didn't have cell phones. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Sure. So communication across uh, international borders is a little difficult. It was. It, it was. used to be. Yeah. So now it's much easier. But yeah. And then we came back in the, you know, after being away and um, we just picked up where we left off. And one of my friends was challenging me and saying, that's called dating. And I was like, oh, 
okay, well then I guess I need to go back to the drawing board. So I like wrote up a little covenant thing and then we called it dating and yeah. that to Kim's dad. And so he had a kind of an agreement as to what we said we were going to do. And so we're pretty intentional people. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think because our only context had been dating within like a non-Christian environment. Right. And so we said, well, we know we don't want to look, to look like that, but we don't know what we want it to look like. So not coming into college walking with God, like I'd met some friends who, you know, weren't believers. <laughs> and so Rick and I start dating and we, I told them this and he'd like walk me home and we would high five and they're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, well, we just want to be really intentional about, you know, our physical contact and, and the message that we show to others. And it was fun. It was very intentional. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. What were some of those things that you were very intentional about, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. I mean, part of the covenant that Rick had wrote up was we decided that like kissing was kind of like the opening of the floodgates of physical things. So we decided that we were going to save that until marriage. Um, but we also said, you know, as far as emotional boundaries, we want to make sure that we're not going too deep. So he's like, I'm not going to tell you that I love you until I know that we're going to get married. So actually he told me that he loved me one night and I happened to be walking to Bible study and I, and I walked in and said, so I think, so Rick and I are going to get married. And they're like, what did he propose? And I was like, no, but he just told me he loved me. <laughs> so I know it's coming soon. Yeah. And so we, I'm just thinking of other things. Like we, we did pray together some, but we knew that that also would create a lot of intimacy as well. So even spiritually, we wanted to make sure that our relationship um, with God was our relationship with God until mm -hmm. we were one. And so we were really intentional about how often we would. Staying in public places, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to continue with the physical boundaries. Yeah, I think that was I'm trying to think if there were any other. Those are kind of the big things. I'd have to pull out the contract. Again. <laughs> right. I, didn't, I didn't know that needed to be part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Why was that important to you? The contract? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a great way to kind of get words out and kind of really be intentional and say, especially for someone who doesn't know me, Yeah. I'm going to write out what my intentions are so that you know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And so especially with Kim's dad, it's one thing for me to tell her. And so I try to think back to like for me being a dad, I'd want someone to be very clear and intentional. And so it just gets rid of all the questions and the what does this mean or, or what are you planning here? And so, yeah, I think that I just thought of it from that standpoint. So it really helpful. And I was thinking too, you know, all of my past relationships had just been filled with questions and, you know, how does he feel? What is he thinking? You know, and then Rick was always very clear, like, this is what I'm thinking. And in fact, our first, the walk home, I think from that awkward first dinner, I just said, oh, hey, what are you thinking? Just like, you know, at the moment, what are you thinking? Right. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, I'm thinking that I like you, but I don't know you very well. So I, I think we should be friends. I don't think we should date. And I was like, oh, that's not what I meant, but that's super helpful. <laughs> uh, so just like the, the clarity was a, a huge blessing. It was one of those things I didn't even know to ask for, but it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. But I was thinking too, like in terms of our, our boundaries, Rick was really had decided personally to, to not be like encouraging me or complimenting me unless he felt it came from the Lord, which mm. seems like maybe a strange thing. But it was actually perfect because I had struggled in the past finding my identity in my relationships. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted my identity to come from the Lord. So it forced me to find my identity in what the Lord said about me and, and not how Rick felt about me. I would say I'm a natural encourager. So it's easy yeah. for me to say, here's all the great things about you. Yeah. But I just had a sense of like, mm, but you're going to like, 
you know, not in a mean way, but like you're going to get used to that. And the reality is, is we don't know that we're necessarily getting married. And so right. I really didn't want to kind of lead Kim along either and really say, okay, I'm going to kind of with, not withhold, but really, really let the Lord guide that. It was, it was, it was such a gift. And honestly, yeah, Rick is an incredibly encouraging person. So after we got married, when the boundary was not there anymore, it was, it's actually been a gift on the other side too. It was unexpected, but you know, we've talked about like, you know, why, one of the reasons marriage is so significant is because you get a tangible example of of Christ to you. And right. so he has been so good at reminding me of what's true and trying very hard to convince me of that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I tell the folks in Marriage Builders that it may take a while. So my first 10-year plan for Kim was because, again, I'm supposed to be, as a husband, you know, washing her in the water, right, presentable to the Lord. And so it's like, okay you need to know that you're beautiful. And so we're going to work on that. And she's like, whatever. Uh, and so I was like, okay, 10 years from now, from when we get married, you're going to say thank you and sort of believe me when I say you're beautiful. And guess what? 10 years later, she was like, thank you. And I was like, yes. Okay, mission accomplished. That was just phase one. Phase two is you're going to believe it. Right? And then eventually she'll tell other people like, I'm a beautiful woman, right? So we're not there yet, but we're getting there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just can't imagine a context where I'd ever say that, but it's a great goal. <laughs> okay. So let's springboard off of that, where you said in the first 10 years of marriage, once you guys got married, was it what you expected it to be? We were talking about this in the way out. And I was like, nope, not at all. Yeah. And, re- and I knew his response would be, it's even better. That's exactly right. See, she figured it all out. So, um, so. No, I mean, so our first year of marriage, I was still a student at Penn State. I had a five-year um, five year major. Okay. And so Rick actually went on staff with crew for the year and was doing ministry. But we had been so involved with crew that honestly – it didn't really seem like anything had changed. Like mm-hmm. we were now living together and I had to figure out how to do laundry and cook meals. <laughs> but, but like our community was the same. Same we church, were, same friends, same encouragement, right. same even same, yeah. yeah. And even same goals. Like I'm still a student, you know, trying to graduate, which we had talked about, you know, Rick wanted to go to medical school and we thought, well, should our first year of marriage be, you know, when there's a lot of transition and he's going to medical school, which will be more difficult than my last year of college. It's, it's just, you know, we know this. So the first year it was, it was, yeah, not everything that we expected, I think, and great. I mean, better than we expected. So it wasn't until the second year that we have had a lot of the common issues that couples have when everything is brand new, new jobs, new place. And it was the first time that my life had really changed because of Rick, you know, it was so the trust issues come up. I, I changed everything to follow you and to be with you. And what have I done? <laughs> um, but it was also probably, I mean, it was the hardest year of our marriage, but mm-hmm. it was one of the most growing times too. It was really good for our communication and for us trusting each other and just falling in love in a different way. Yeah. Well, and you had this unmet or unrealized, I guess, emotional dream of being missionaries overseas at the time. And we didn't know that you had it. It was on, we didn't know about it until we got there. And then you're like, what am I doing? So yeah, Rick went to med school in Hershey and I got a job in Lancaster at an engineering office, which in and of itself was like a huge, a great story, a huge blessing from the Lord, the timing of it. So I knew it was what God had wanted, but you know, here it is the fall and I'm sitting at an engineering desk in Lancaster and I'm like, 
what just happened? Mm -hmm. Like, how did we get here? You know, and before we got engaged, Rick had even said, like, you need to go talk to some doctor's wives and and see what you're getting into because it's going to be different than you imagine. And and I did that. And they were very honest with me. They told me it was going to be very difficult and he's not going to be around a lot. And with stars in my eyes, I said, oh. That's nice, but Rick's really cute, and I'm sure it'll be different for us. I mean, I just didn't like <laughs> believe them at all, and not intentionally, but you know, just realized that yeah, you just think it's going to be different. But they were right; it was. It was really hard, and so I thought that yeah, I thought we would be missionaries, and and so then I started to do the math. Okay, so if Rick has four years of medical school and a three years minimum of residency and then we go overseas how old are we going to be and somewhere in there rick had told me he wanted a big family i still don't remember him saying he wanted six kids but (laughs) (laughs) but i was like when are we gonna have those six kids like Mm. we're we're running out of time here so i didn't realize that this dream that i had that i thought could be accomplished in maybe a different way really probably wasn't going to be possible. It wasn't going to look like what I wanted it to look like no matter what. So that was also a big part of it. Me just having to, yeah, give my expectations of what my life would look like to the Lord. And I can say, you know, 20 years later that it's way better than I ever thought (laughs) than any of the plans that I had. But that was definitely a It was a hard year. We had some really hard conversations and like, I thought we agreed to this. Right. Can you imagine (laughs) I came back and Rick's in medical school and he's like doing anatomy and loving life. And I was like, what are we doing here? We're supposed to be overseas. And he's like, what? (laughs) We talked about this. We talked about this. (laughs) And I was like, I know we did. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was great. I mean, and some of the funny things we look back on kind of watching God's plan unfold then was pretty amazing. So Kim got the opportunity to lead a Bible study of high school girls at the time at a church that I had grown up with that we were no longer attending in the area. But And those girls ended up traveling the world and basically, I mean, super impacted by Kim. You know, actually, funny thing, we just um, had a support call with one of the girls, not from that group, because they're all adults now, but one of the girls from that group had brought another girl to Christ who's now joining staff getting married, joining staff with Navs, going to Arizona. Arizona. And I was like, I recognize your last name. She's like, oh, you're, my parents supported you when you were on staff. And, um, oh, that girl that, that Kim mentored back during that really hard year? Yeah, Kim's the reason she, you know, wanted to share the gospel with me and transform my life, right? So it was, I was like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know what this call was about. But, <laughs> wow. So it was, it was just amazing. So we're seeing kind of, you know, the fruit of that really hard year of sowing that, you know, Kim was like, oh, this is the worst year, ended up being incredible, right? So we she didn't go to the world necessarily that year, but but others did. And we've had adventures since then. So sure. we had done some traveling before we, actually our first year of marriage. And then we did get the opportunity to go to Central Asia, actually through my residency program later, which was a pretty amazing experience too. Wow. So, and that was right before our, our eldest was born. And we kind of joke that in the midst of adoption, you know, they kind of frown upon taking children out of the U.S. So we <laughs> kind of are held here for a long time, which which is OK. We, we God has been kind to us and maybe one day he'll call us overseas again, but not in this instance. So Yeah. Yeah. So during that time, you know, we were we said we we're in the family building years. So our, when our I guess it's only been about two years since our youngest was adopted. And so maybe we were freed up for the first time to go overseas. So that's kind of what we thought. Like Rick would get a job, he'd pay off his med school debt, and then we'd go overseas. And so we had done several trips like in pursuit of that. But then he got his job 
and realized the ministry that he has there, which he didn't expect to be able to have. And it's been, that's been a huge blessing. So between that and God did call us to have those six kids that Ring talked about. Yeah, I feel like he's changed He's he changed our location for sure, but not the not the ministry aspect, just different than what we thought it would be. And we love hosting people from all, you know, all over the world and we love having different languages in our house and yeah. we we actually put up some stained glass in our house that tells the beauty, the mystery and the story of the gospel. And I, I'd have to say it's delightful to hear people kind of debate about which Bible passages are depicted because it's mysterious. We made it intentionally challenging to figure out mm-hmm. and hearing people argue about, you know, which they think it is with their spouses in like Russian or in Spanish or I forget what other, I think Czech was another one we had to. So wow. just been a delight uh, for us and for our kids, the experience. So Yeah. Is that something that's important to you to be able to pass down that sort of missional mindedness to your kids? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a, as a mom, we won't kind of want all of her chicks at home. It's hard. I, my, Our oldest daughter has always loved India. Like she just has a heart for it, talks about wanting to go there. And I always think of um, Amy Carmichael, who prayed and prayed that she would have blue eyes so that, you know, and then because she didn't, she was able to help all the women in India. Well, my oldest daughter has blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm like, Lord, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing? But it is, you know, because we have had missionaries come through the house and we've talked to them about the times that we've gone overseas and, you know, we try really hard to, to talk to them about what the rest of the world looks like because we are very blessed here. It's just kind of a normal part of their lives, you know, and, and a goal, which I don't know if they'll be called overseas, but they think it's a possibility, which is huge because I don't really know that I knew anything about the world until I went to college. Like it just wasn't something I thought about. When we have a world map that, you know, is in prominent spot where we put up push pins where either we've been or where we've sent other people to go significantly for the gospel. And so anytime someone comes or we talk to someone, we say, oh, well, let's show you where they are in the world or who they're ministering to. So, Wow. That is, like you said, such kindness of God to be able to take that passion of yours and use it, even if it wasn't what you anticipated it would be. And to see the fruit of that even now, all of these years later, that is so special. And I just appreciate you guys sharing that with us. So once you started adopting, once you became parents, what was that shift like in your marriage? I mean, it was it was huge. So we adopted through foster care first, which in and of itself is a is a really challenging thing. But God had made it very clear that that's what where we were supposed to go and actually the day that or the the time frame when we went to the information session would have been when our oldest was conceived so we were just wow very convinced that like this is exactly where the lord had us to be but yes our transition into parenthood was was different because you know the purpose of foster care is reunification with the biological family and right. they were very clear with us that that was the the point even though we had really hoped to adopt and at the time i think like 51% of kids in foster care actually went up for adoption. So they wanted a willingness to adopt, but, you know, not a guarantee of that at all. So of course we had, we had hoped that we'd be able to do that, but because of those circumstances, we had to learn right away just to be really open handed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're very aware that you're not in charge and it was within a, you know, a secular system that is trying you know, they remind you that you're not in charge, which is, was difficult, but really good because it, we, 
had to rely on the Lord. Like there was, there's nothing that we could have, we couldn't take control of if we want to. And in fact, we, Rick likes to say that we are recovering control freaks. It's true. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And, you know, I called the the head of foster care in all of Pennsylvania at once, <laughs> like in this wow. process to talk, you know, to, to argue with them about my daughter because, you know, and even in that, like, you know, the end of that conversation was you need to, you need to be ready to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yet the the next day the, the Lord intervened in a way that no one would have expected and she never left her home. So, you know, even when I tried very, very hard to be in charge of things and control of it, I it was very clear that I wasn't. So I'm th- I'm really thankful for that. You know, when Rick said that he wanted to start a family, I was terrified. Like I didn't really grow up babysitting. I didn't know a lot about kids. I got to be honest, I didn't really like most kids. Like I just I was like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna mess them up. And I remember saying that to a woman who discipled me. I said I'm just I'm just so afraid that I'm gonna mess up all my kids. And she said, Well, yeah, of course you are. That's what Jesus is for. And I went. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm not, I don't have to do this alone. <laughs> so, so we often say that, you know, I went from crying because I was so nervous about having kids to crying because I was so desperate to have kids. But within that, that process, you know, the Lord just reiterated over and over again, like I'm in charge and I love you and I have you. And we had to come to this point where, okay, Lord, we love this child with all of our heart because this is what that child needs and I can't stop loving them even if I wanted to. And if this child leaves, my heart is going to shatter into a million pieces. Like I, there's just no way around it, but I trust that you can pick up those pieces and put it back together if that's what you call us to. So, um, I was going to say a stewardship too. So I think sometimes as parents, you want to have like an ownership, like this is mine, you know, my child. And the reality is like, well, I mean, yes, but you know, at the end of the day, we're stewards. You know, they're all his children, and he's ultimately responsible. He's given us kind of the opportunity to to play these roles that we have. But yeah, so you know, that's how our parenting stage started. So that didn't really change with any of our kids. Every one of them has their own unique story that are amazing and filled with you know God showing up. But all of them reminded us that He was in charge of them and he loved them more than we did and had a good plan. So try to, you know, now that everyone's adopted and is, you know, is home for good, we still try to keep that perspective. And actually my favorite parenting moments are when the Lord shows up and reminds us that you're not in this alone. Like I'm with you. I, I love them more than you do. You're like, praise the Lord. (laughs) Well, and I'll say too, so definitely with our eldest, when she accepted Christ and immediately the Holy Spirit showed that he was in her. Uh, it was, we were like high-fiving. Cause we're like, thank the Lord. We have someone inside. We have an inside man, <laughs> you know, because parenting's hard. Right. Yeah. And so having him to say, you know what, I can say this with my mouth, but you can say it to her heart. And so, you know, that's been, it's been fun. And so we've also prayed that for our kids that are, are, are longing that we've told clearly to, to King Jesus is I would really appreciate it if you would help us see clearly that if they have accepted Christ, that they've accepted Christ, mm-hmm. you know, that they've had a transformation and not just, you know, did, did kind of the, the prayer, if you will, um, but really see that happen. And so with our eldest, that was kind of a really fun experience watching her kind of immediately after she prayed on her own, um, kind of say, and now I need to be baptized and we need to tell other people. You're like, 
oh yeah that's that is exactly right and we hadn't talked about any yeah, of those I was things like, wow. I don't even, do you know what baptism is like i didn't even know you knew what that word yeah, she was what three four four yeah. or something like that yeah so it was like oh hello holy spirit that's wonderful amazing <laughs> yeah how did your transition into parenthood impact your marriage i think the circumstances forced us to kind of cling together a bit our daughter was born in Rick's last year of residency, um, and residency is kind of notoriously really busy, and he's not around a lot. But that year was, I mean, it was pretty good, and our oldest was colicky, <laughs> and so she would scream for like six hours every night, starting from like when he would get home from work. <laughs> and so, uh. so there were definitely some trying years or trying times, but I think. Honestly, we were just so grateful to be parents and just enjoyed it so much that even when she's yelling at you for hours on end, you're like, this is baby. We love her. She's home. Yeah. And her her name means the Lord speaks, which mm-hmm. we feel like, you know, was a an answer to us that the Lord was speaking, like, you will be parents. Because, you know, we didn't know. We didn't know if we would. I mean, the Lord had been gracious and we'd had disciples that were you know, being fruitful and multiplying, we thought, well, is that what our parenting is going to look like? Mm-hmm. Or or will we be get, get the privilege of raising kids? So it was just so great. And honestly, so then our daughter was adopted and six weeks later. Something like that. Six, no, I'm sorry. Later. Like, well, three, I think like two weeks later, we oh, heard yeah. about our mm-hmm. son and then he was born like six weeks after that. <laughs> so, wow. so we went from one to two, like, you know, permanently in our home pretty quick. So in that case, you... you not that you're not like we were still trying to do date nights and we were still trying to you know focus on each other but there's just a lot of little kids taking your time and your attention and we've been waiting and preparing for that for a long time yeah we were ready for it yeah well and the great thing about us being involved in marriage builders is that you know it's a constant reminder of those lessons that we learned probably the hard way we always say oh man this would have been great for us to do 20 years ago right um but you know it it's it's a transverse focus on our marriage and we can say oh i remember that that was really hard but hey we got through that <laughs> and yeah how are we doing in, in these areas that we're challenging other couples to focus on so that's been really great because we're very much still in the you know parenting stage mm-hmm. of little little people and and we're kind of in that like the oldest ones are getting to the more adolescent stage too so we're we're, we're kind of between a, a few stages we're not quite as physically tired because people are sleeping through the night but we're more emotionally tired because we're like can you believe what they just did <laughs> like what do we do yeah. so so you recently made another big transition too because you moved did. So, Your story. Yep. so can you tell us that story and elaborate a little bit on maybe some of the challenges that have come with that, but also how you've seen God work in that within your family? So at some point in this whole journey, Rick informs me that he would love to have a farm. Oh, yeah, that was like way early on. Probably. Wouldn't it be great to have lots of property and those things? Before and like we animals had animals and. Yeah. Okay, and I, don't, I, I had never said animals. Yeah, just property. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> even property. I was like, I have no idea how to do any of that. Like, right. that is not in my wheelhouse. I did not grow up this way. And then he, and I was like, anyone, six kids. So, no, like, we're not doing that. Like, pick one. Well, and I had kind of come to that conclusion too when we had moved to, we were in Lidditz uh, when we moved closer to this area. And I had found that 
basically with our schedule and with our children, I just did not have time to do all the things. And so really said, you know what, that's okay. You know, I don't need to ever have this. And, you know, this is an amazing experience, right? Like we already had incredible opportunities and incredible legacy in front of us. And so um, it wasn't something we had, I'd planned for, especially if I had to do all the work, I just don't have time. (laughs) And so kind of through a series of, I'll say adventures and misadventures, um, felt like God changed our heart in that. And even put in front of us a possible property that was like, what, you know, a farm, should we consider this? And well, I think the the transition to that was, well, one, our, you know, our boys were getting a little bit older and they're outside digging giant holes in the yard <laughs> and just, you know, you could tell like we, we loved our house, we loved our neighborhood, but we just needed some more space outside mm. for them to, to roam. Um, but then also, you know, they were getting to that age where there's a possibility of them doing a thousand different activities. And of course they wanted to try everything. And it was really overwhelming to think about how are we going to do this with six kids? Like, you know, if they all want to do the same thing, maybe, maybe we can pull it off. But what's the likelihood of that? (laughs) Everyone does soccer Saturday mornings. That's it. That's it. Right. We do like the the one thing. Um, But of course they all want to do different things. And so we just, it just felt like we were being pulled in too many different directions. And so for me, that was when I started, I started to think maybe the farm would actually be really unifying for the family. Like if it's, yeah, we don't do all these extracurricular stuff because we're doing the farm and we're doing that together. And, you know, could we get our kids to buy into that? (laughs) And they were young enough that like, you know, no one was a soccer star or, you know, I don't know, like, no one's going to be an Olympian probably in our family and that's okay. <laughs> Though, so that we had some time to kind of change directions a bit. Yeah. Well, and we kind of feel like God grew our vision for our family beyond our property that we had. Our house mm-hmm. was amazing, but the property just, no. And uh, so got the opportunity to check this out. And um, I mean, fun other parts is that, you know, we actually moved to East York and the, we got to know and be friends with a family that used to own the property and they had seven children. No, they nine. Yeah. Seven adopted children, sorry, and I think they had nine kids. Yeah. So and then yeah. like the family before that had a, had some adopted children. So there's like this legacy, legacy yeah. yeah, on this property of you know redemption and adoption, which has been really, really sweet. And when they heard our story, they didn't even really want to negotiate. They're like, sure, you can have it. I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah, great. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I mean, were, it we'd was... been praying. They said we'd been praying for family just like yours to come along, and we had been praying for property just like that to come along. So yeah. it was. Was great. You know, closer to my office. I mean, all, all the kind of things that kind of lined up. And, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, we had shared with our, our eldest son, you know, who's all about being outside and sleeping outside and living outside and doing all <laughs> the outside stuff. We said, you know, God's working to buy a farm. And he said, what did he say? Like, he's like, are you saying all my dreams are coming true? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's just so not something you, you expect to hear too often as a parent or just as a person, right? So, yeah, yeah. it was it was really fun. And, and we've seen that. So we've I've never met so many snakes in my life. I don't in, I'm not interested in it. But my two boys, <laughs> my two oldest boys love them. They yell snake so that the other one will come to help. Get them, which is instead of run away. Dad, it's okay. After you know a snake bit him twice, he's like, "Oh, it's calm now. You can touch it if you want." Now I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) no, thanks." (laughs) But so I mean, yeah. There's not that many snakes. You can still come visit our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. And the boys will get people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The boys will take care of them. (laughs) That was not something that I expected. Yeah, but it's been fun. And so having animals now and kids having a little business with eggs and. Just kind of lots of fun adventures. And we live on a hill, so sledding is built in. Yes. You know, so 
Um, but tons of challenges. You kind of had referenced that. And so going from a suburban house that was built 20 years ago to one in sort of the country that was built, you know, 200 years ago, 200 some years ago. (laughs) So going, doing that direction. And then, uh, you know, we feel like we had to do all the 100 year changes to the house. Everything we had to fix. They're like, Oh, this will last a hundred years. We're like, that's what they told the last person. That's probably the last time this has changed. So, you know, we, we moved in and didn't have heat and you know the, oh the plumbing broke like you know right before Christmas yeah a week before Christmas, <laughs> before yeah, Christmas. of course <laughs> yeah so I would say yeah this has been another one of those those hard years I think we're out of it now but it wasn't until like the summer after we moved where I, we all kind of looked at each other and we went I don't think we're okay like I think mm-hmm. we've got to figure this out and so I you realize that Again, like being in our other house, you you don't have to depend on the Lord in the same way that you do when, you know, anything could break at any time. So I think it was just another reminder of you're not in control, Kim. Um, <laughs> like I, we've been there for two years and I still don't know how to do laundry in my house. Like that seems weird. I know, but I can't figure it out. So, you know, <laughs> when you're like, I can't. Thankfully I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he somehow figures it out, but there's laundry everywhere. Um, yeah. You just have to depend on the Lord in a different way. And we love learning. So I think that's part of our, just who we are. So, you know, I had never used a chainsaw. I have to use a chainsaw. Never plowed a driveway. I had to plow a driveway, ride a tractor with a big silly grin on my face. And he so, loves it so much. Yeah. So like things that, you know, I'd never raised animals. We're raising animals, you know. So it's been fun learning. I think one of our challenges too is because it's been so fun and we love projects and adventures and learning and growing is also, okay, we need to let God also give us wisdom in what to say no to because mm. there's a million things we could do, but we have really limited time with our kids there. And so, you know, wanting this to be a place for them to really grow as the Lord wants them to, not just me getting to do fun things that I want to do. So kind of having to remind ourselves again and again about, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do with these resources you've given us, whatever it may be, time or relationships or finances and and waiting on him to kind of answer that or letting things fall through if they do, because it's like, okay, that's why we're recovering control freaks. Because <laughs> he's better at it than we are. Right. I, I'm noticing a thread throughout your story of, like, you expected one thing, something else happened, but God came through even bigger than you could have ever anticipated. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it... It's my summary statement. It was not what we expected, but better. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the fun things about us is, you know, Rick goes into something and he's thinking about all the logistics for like the next five, 10 years. Right. Yeah. So his expectations are, you know, very different from mine. Cause my expectation is like, I want it to be like fun and pretty easy to do. And if not, then well, I don't know, we'll just not do it. Like, you know, so we come out of these things from completely different perspectives or ends of the spectrum rather. And yet, you know, both of us, like every time we're like blown away with how the, I don't know how it turns out because God's good. And we've both grown and like, oh, I should probably think about that next time. And Rick's like, oh, I mean, how hard could it be? <laughs> yeah, which is not my numeral thing. That's what Kim says. So I'm not like, oh, so like if our pig, this whole pig thing doesn't turn out so much, I'm like worried about five years from now. She's like, Rick, we just sell them or butcher them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And think of that. <laughs> yeah. Learning as you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you go through these challenging times, how do you support each other and stay intentional with one another when sometimes it feels like maybe we're not okay or things are falling apart around us? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned that we 
we try to do regular date nights and so it's never anything super intense sometimes it's just getting in front of each other and you know reminding each other like oh yeah we're on the same team Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) um that's been super helpful just shopping trips together even or can be like it's just us together talking and sometimes it's business like okay here's the five things we have to do right now emails or calls to make while we're having dinner together so that we get these things these decisions made but then it frees us up to you know also have fun and be silly and yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's just even, you know, cause I'm, I'm home with the kids and we homeschool. And, and so sometimes it's just like, this is what I did. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, having someone else to, to support you in that role or talk you off the ledge, you know, and we found that in our marriage, like we agree at least perspective wise on all, on the big things. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. which we're really thankful for. So we're not having to hash through those difficult things, but sometimes it's, it's the little things that <laughs> get us, take us off guard. And something that we talk about a lot in marriage builders and, you know, with each other is trying to see conflict as an opportunity for, what do you say for like for growth or like, yeah, just opportunity. Yeah. Like this is an opportunity. So why are we having this conflict? So like, so for instance, we fought for years about laundry, like just stupid thing. I mean, I don't know why laundry is coming up so much, but anyway, it's, like, <laughs> it's a very practical thing that everybody has to do. It's very true. But, you know, I would go in and I would set the, the um, washing machine at a certain level or whatever, whatever, it, you know, setting. And Rick would come in trying to be helpful and change it. And then I would lose it because <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, this is, I did it for this. because, And I'm like, it might make more sense. Your way might make more sense. But like we just fought and fought and fought about it. And we're like, why? Why are you fighting about this? And I realized that really like it had nothing to do with the laundry, but it had to do with something that had happened, you know, how I was treated that just made me feel like an idiot. And I was like, well, when you do that, you make me feel like I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, that's not at all like right. what I'm trying to communicate to you. And so, yeah, so it's often like little things, but they have a deeper, you know, background of why am I feeling this way? Can we talk this out? And But sometimes it takes us a while to get to that, yeah. you know. Sometimes it's just conflict, and then you have to step back and say, oh, wait, why are we having this conflict? And maybe we don't know at the time either, which is really tough. So yeah. it's like, I don't know why I feel the feelings. They're just there, and I don't just, like it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah. eventually it's yeah. and again i think the lord does that in timing so there's things that some conflicts i think he let us sit in longer than we wanted to because he had a greater purpose there which is easy to say now mm-hmm. in the midst of it it's like it's really grating but you know it's been fun i mean it's been a fun adventure what's something that you want your unmarried friends to know i think we try to encourage everyone i don't know that like that the Lord is working and has a plan, you know, whether we're talking about, I don't know, some people say, like to think that God's will is like a little path or open field or I, I don't know. But I think we've seen enough in our story that the Lord has a plan. The Lord was working. He didn't forget about mm-hmm. about you. And I think, you know, even in, when we were married, that was a lesson that I had to learn, right? Mm-hmm. That the Lord had not forgotten about me. That was the season when I was loving life because I'd always wanted to be a doctor and was studying anatomy and doing all the really, I mean, I'm a weirdo even within doctors that I still want to go back to med school because I'm like, dang it, I don't have time to go study anatomy again. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and Kim was also like, she felt like she was drowning in that season where Mm -hmm. she was working as an engineer to support us, but really found out, oh, I don't want to do this ever. And it was really drudgery for her to go to work, even though she had a boss that was super kind to her, treated her like his own daughter and, you know, was, was encouraging. It just was a really hard season. 
And she just didn't have a vision for what God was doing at that time. And again, I was confused. I was like, what were you talking about? So that was a really rough season, but, you know, kind of seeing how he had plans well beyond that. But that's really hard to see when you're sitting in the midst of that mm-hmm. um, challenge and, and season. And he can change things in an instant. And I think mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the crazy thing. But he's good. I mean, I think that's that's the other part of of all all of the kind of journeys. I think if you're when you're longing for his plan or when you're longing for a spouse or when you're longing for a child, there are similar longings and similar emotions that are felt and and they're hard. Right. And, you know, it's one thing we've also noticed, too, is that, you know, when you're talking with someone who's on the other side of that they're on the other side of that. And so, you know, if you're the one who's already gone through the thing, you can look and be like, oh, it's not that bad. Well, that's because you're through the thing and you can look back on it and celebrate. And when you're on the on the front side of it, struggling through it, it, it no, I don't, I don't have that same vision. If I had it, I'd be, I'd have hope because I, you know, trust in what I know is going to happen. But yeah, so it's a, it's a challenging season um, and different things. But again, just trusting at the end of the day, God is, good. And I don't know, Kim, do you have more? Yeah. I mean, that parallel between, you know, our infertility journey and wanting, you know, to be parents. And when I walk through some friends who are wanting to get married, you know, I think we've like tried to encourage like the Lord, like, yeah, loves you. Like he knows you, he's not forgotten you. And, you know, I remember sitting across the table from a single friend of mine who just kind of thought I'll never I guess I'll never get married you know and I we didn't have kids and I said well I guess I'll never get have kids and you know and we both kind of mutually looked at each other and said I don't think God has asked you to mourn that yet which I try to remind remind people like I don't think he hasn't given an answer like I don't think he's asked you to mourn that yet like me you know if he does then you know if he's given a clear answer then then yes I understand that but if he hasn't you know the Lord has has a plan and it's you know, I think it's going to be better than you ever imagined, even if it's way different than you ever imagined it would be. As we have had these conversations throughout the summer about relationships and relating to one another, whatever those relationships are, this common thread that keeps coming out is no matter what season you're in or who it is that you're interacting with, really when we get down to it is we're the same. We all have struggles. We all have hardships. We all have longings. We all have things that we're working through, but we also all have the same God. And so it sounds like that's what you're both saying here. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he knows you. He loves you. <laughs> you know, he's not kinder to one of us than the other, you know, and he's got a special plan for each one. So I totally agree. Well, I, I yeah, I love too how you're bringing it together that I think we all can celebrate the celebrations together mm-hmm. and we can all mourn the hard stuff, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's, there's hard things that uh, we're all going through and yeah, mourn together and sit in those together and go journey together, yeah. but also party. I've been a terrible partier most of my life. And so I'm trying to <laughs> I'm grow in that. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to, <laughs> you know, to celebrate, you know, so, and say, wow, this is good. Can we, can we sit in this for a moment and enjoy and that, that's good too. And so some of these are kind of these, I would even say these disciplines of let's, let's do that. And, you know, don't just push through someone who's mourning, sit with them, mourn together, which is not fun or comfortable, but it's good. Right. And I don't know. I also say I'm getting old and that I like bitter things sometimes. And I kind of got laughs when I said that in our ABF too, they're like, <laughs> you're weird, Rick, you know, but, but we were studying lamentations in, in uh, his hands for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, this is actually, it's, it's, 
good. Just like black coffee to me is good. And I've just grown an appreciation for things that are just a little bitter. It's a different flavor. It's a different season, but it's a different aspect and kind of facet of our, of our lives here. So, yeah, I think there are things that you learn about the character of God in that hardship that you just can't like learn in other ways. And I mean, as I pray for my children, I'm always like, Lord, would you please allow them to learn by, you know, reading and like what we tell them (laughs) and not by like making terrible mistakes. I think he can do that. I think it's unlikely that (laughs) that they're going to learn those things, but yeah, but there's just something significant about that. And, And I would agree, you know, I, I think going through infertility and the pain of that has made us more conscious of the the goodness of mourning with mm. people and the you know wanting to do that well because it is it's, it's uncomfortable. I I don't like being sad. You know, I get it, but it's necessary yeah. and allowing other people to feel that way as well and give them space that that is okay and not rush them through it. I think it's really important. My last question for you before we wrap up is How have you seen God's work and what have you learned about him through marriage? Uh, All the things. (laughs) I mean, it started with our, before we got engaged, actually, was one of our most, and even to this day, most impactful experiences I had, at least. And I think Kim would say the same. Yeah. Um, So I was actually at the time, and Kim didn't know this, I was preparing to propose Look at that. Um, sound like a pastor here. Uh, look at that, three Ps, yeah. So uh, so I was preparing to propose. And so in that, I was kind of going on this theme of like past, present, future. And, uh, you know, as I was kind of thinking through past things, there was kind of a, the way I was going to bring that in, I kind of said to Kim, oh, hey, would you mind if I, you know, had this, this you know, thing of your past? And it there was an immediate conflict and I was like, whoa, huh. something's wrong. So basically sprinted across campus. So, you know, if you know Penn State campus, I was in South, you know, in Atherton Hall and ran up all the way up to East Hall, which is no short thing, but it was like, you know, a sprint and uh, got up there. I was like, we need to talk. Like, what's going on? Right. Because she was, I think, crying at the time or something. I was like, what, what happened here? And And it was just strange. Like it was so unexpected. And so. And hadn't had a lot of conflict in our relationship, but you know, at that point, and we realized that, you know, we had talked in general terms about, you know, our pasts and, and things, that, but we hadn't been super specific because we felt, well, you know, we don't know if God's calling us to get married. So I, at this point, he'd already told me he loved me. I knew it was coming at some point. I think we had even looked at rings. It was pretty, pretty clear that we were heading in that direction. But, you know, we just had this time where we, you know, laid it all out there, honestly. like yeah. this is- Shared details. You can ask whatever questions you want. And, and so you're in the spot where you're, you come to that saying... I don't understand why this hurts so much. Would you tell me, you know, so you don't know what the other person's going to say and you love them. And so you're like, what am I going to have to hear and forgive? But also what am I going to have asked of me? And I'm going to have to trust in grace and mercy. And, and so both of us kind of having that, that all the cards on the table at that time. Right. Cause I think, you know, from my perspective, I thought I, this might be it, you know, like when he really knows, when he knows everything about me, like he might turn and run just Mm. as fast back the other way. And at the end of that, you know, he looked at me and he said, I love you and I forgive you. And it's just, it was the most tangible example of the gospel I'd ever had. You know, I intellectually, you know, that the Lord, you know, has forgiven you from, and I, and I was very aware that he had forgiven me of much. (laughs) I was very thankful for that, but it's different to have somebody stand in front of you and extend that forgiveness. And yeah, it was really amazing. So, I mean, that yeah. was just the beginning. And I mean, that's happened over and over and over again yeah. through our marriage. But yeah, I think that was 
that was yeah one of the biggest ones. I, and I think since then, I mean, going through the infertility struggle has been another huge one because it's it's huge, right? And I think one of the ways that Kim brought that up to me is she felt you know we'd done all the medical research and testings and all that, and found that we you know the medical people would say, hey, you know you know Kim, it's your body that's not seeming to work right. And so Kim came to me and was like. You know, uh, she apologized. She's like, I'm sorry, right? And I, I I was able to be like, what are you apologizing for? This is our journey. This is us together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, it was kind of, God gave me this concept too of funny thing. You go back to the ancients and they all had infertility, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And so in a, in a way we get to connect to them in a way that we wouldn't understand the struggles they had. We wouldn't understand, you know, why Sarah felt the way she did. And, and now we do. And so anyway, it was, it was so, yeah, yeah it, it was, was so good, good about saying, and I cry is, all the time about good things. So oh yeah, he, <laughs> never, this whole thing. he never cries when he's sad. Yeah. <laughs> he cries when he's happy. So this is what he's, the tears are from. Um, we keep talking he, about Jesus. I know. Yeah. But yeah, he was really good about saying like, you know, this is our infertility. This is, you know, our journey. It's not just, you know. So yeah, I'm, I think like maybe similar to, you know, your walk with God, like you just, we've just, Rick has done a good job of over and over again, showing me like, oh, we're in this together. Like you're not, you're not going anywhere. And you get to a point where you're like, no one would ever understand, (laughs) you know, what we've been through. And so, yeah, in a similar way that like the Lord knows you so intimately no one else knows me that well, even Rick, but he's close. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've had some, you know, other medical things too, that were, you know, we've met world experts on things and it's like, okay, didn't see this coming. You're okay. weird. Okay, yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a doctor and I'm like, I've never heard of this before. I don't think I'll ever see this in any of my patients in my lifetime. And we've now dealt with this Yeah. and just the kind of, again, God's kindness to bring us through it, to do it together, which yeah. again is amazing. Well, and something that was impressed upon us, like in the beginning of us walking with God, is that, you know, whatever, I think we both kind of said separately, like, Lord, whatever you bring us through, or whatever happens, you know, it's it's your story. And so we're willing to share that and we're willing to help other people who have gone, th- gone through that. And I think, and we do, we love to teach, we love to help. And so, each of those weird things or hard things that we've been through, like the Lord has, you know, redeemed it in the sense that either he's, he's healed it or he's allowed us to talk with others who are struggling as well. Yeah. So there's always good in it. Well, we talked a little bit about mourning with one another, but I am just so grateful that you have allowed us to celebrate with you the work that God has done in your life and I know it's not, the story's not over. <laughs> it's still going to continue. But thank you for sharing what he's done in your lives up to this point and for letting us enter into that with you. We really appreciate it. So fun. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. We love, we love sharing our story. I'm so grateful for Rick and Kim's vulnerability in sharing the challenges that they've faced and also for the ways that they recognize God's faithfulness amidst those challenges. As you listened to Rick and Kim's story, I hope you were reminded of God's faithfulness in your life. If you would like to celebrate that faithfulness like Rick and Kim, we would love to hear your story. If the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Pursuing Life podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. We're looking forward to meeting you back here next Monday for an all new episode. 
Have a great week.